everyone. This is Vic Muscat, Sick Vic, on the podcast, Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast. You're King of the North and Extreme Champion. Today's episode is going to be different because the local church has hired myself and Killing the Business to start talking to people in the community, spread message of peace, love, and joy. And I want to take that and not just spread it over South Vermont, but all over the world as well. And what better place to do it than the network of killing the business. So today you're going to see, you're going to see and listen to one of the episodes that we recorded. And you know, hopefully it will open people's eyes. This is about transgenders today. And what better person to get on the show to answer more questions about it than our friend Skylar. So sit back, relax, and listen. These episodes are not as long as a Killing the Business wrestling podcast would be, except for a 60-minute time limit. could be 45. This is between 30 and 45 minutes. So that's the only difference, but I wanted to spread these messages as far as I could and get everyone involved as good. Because this is my life. This podcast is my life. It speaks volumes. And I didn't want to be like, you know, the people who support this show, I, you, you can look at these parts, but not this part. This part's offense. No, I don't want to be like that. What you see is what you get. And Killing the Business podcast, wrestling podcast, wanted to help the community and people for the longest time and now we can. So that's what this episode is about. You can see many episodes like this. And for the time being, this is going to be an 802 community episode schedule for one show with a 45-minute time limit. The man in charge of this show is your host, the king of the north and extreme champion, Sick Vic. Enjoy. Hello everyone, Nick Muscat here from Brookline, Vermont, with another 802 community episode, I guess you can call it. Today we're with Skylar Conover. Hello. I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. And what's the, I don't want to say dark secret, but mm. what's something that we should know about you? Besides yeah, the uh, other than being a very talented musician, which will be <laughs> um, I'm also transgender. I can hear some gasping right now, but that's <laughs> <laughs> so since you're transgender, when when did you realize that you were a transgender, that you weren't who they you looked in the mirror and saw? Yeah, uh, so I, I first realized that I was trans whenever I was 10 years old um, and then grew up in the church and decided to, that maybe I could avoid having to transition. And so I tried really, 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 really hard to not be. And then uh, when I was 25 is whenever it kind of hit me again that I really couldn't avoid it. So that was when I came out. No, I applaud you for you know taking that step 
stepping up and saying, this is who I am. I'm not going to be whoever, you know, a society and the evils of social media wants me to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what influenced your decision? Um, honestly, the, the only thing that influenced my decision was, was who I was inside. I didn't know anything about being trans before, beforehand. Um, it was, it was more, I just always felt that there was something different about me. I never felt masculine. Um, whenever I was growing up, I just assumed it was part of being a kid. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a kid. I'm not supposed to be masculine. And then as I started going through puberty and becoming a man, it was like, all right, that's never changed. Plus, I also had a lot of gender dysphoria, which I didn't know the name for it at the time. Um, and it was just like a lot of um, trauma that kind of came associated the more masculine I became as I started growing a beard and started lowering my voice and um, started like having more chill jawline. It was like those things normally would, would make people excited. And for me, it was like I would look in the mirror with dread and... I, for the longest time, I can never really explain it. Um, and then it was it was whenever I first saw a trans person on TV, I felt this immediate connection with them. And it was like, that's me. Do people often question your sexuality when you tell them or they might find out you're trans? Yeah, all the time. Um, and, and being uh, trans has nothing to do with sexuality. So you can uh, be a trans woman and like women or you can be a trans woman and like men. You can be a trans man and like men or like women. It doesn't, it's, it's not influenced because that's a different part of the brain. Um, so, yeah. So you, I mean, not only that you, you know, legally change your name, but you, have you, you've gone through the surgical procedures and everything? I've not gone through any surgical procedures. So, um, so far I've only gone on hormones um, and doing hormones and having surgeries isn't what makes you trans. Uh, what makes you trans is your brain doesn't match your body. And so I could have been trans, um, even come out as trans and never taken hormones, never gone through any sort of surgeries or anything like that, because that's not required to be who I am. All that, that matters is that, um, it's, it's like brain biology and it's, it's how I see myself. Uh, a lot of times you hear, it's like, I identify as a woman, but it's like, I don't like that terminology because it implies that there's some sort of choice in the matter. It's like, no, that's who I see myself as. It's who I know myself to be. Um, so, yeah. I've had you on my podcast uh, once or twice before. Mm-hmm. And there was one question that someone brought up, which I meant to ask you in the last episode, which I forgot. And then also I thought it was maybe could have been off color, but... Hmm. Just, you know, if you don't go through the surgeries and everything, to, in my opinion, you're going through the hormone. So you're going through hmm. the so what a procedure. But if you hmm. don't go through the procedure and you say you're transgender and you change yourself, but you don't change your name, you don't change anything else, wouldn't that, by definition, that's a transvestite? No. What, 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 like, what would you say that? And, of course, I would just like, I haven't looked at a dictionary or <laughs> looked at trans hmm. for, like, years. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, so um, transvestite—that's an out. Yeah, so a transvestite is an outdated term um, that basically implies a man who cross-dresses. Um, however, um, science has shown that um, there is a, a very, very, very high uh, correlation to brain anatomy that influences people who are trans. And so, if you don't go through the hormones, if you don't go through surgeries, if you don't do anything like that, but 
you decide to uh, change your name and uh, start living as a woman or anything like that, or even if you don't necessarily change your name, um, but you come out as trans, um, generally speaking, um, in, in the vast majority of cases, um, there is a, a difference in brain anatomy that matches much more closely to the gender identity that you were assigned at birth. Or not, not sorry, backwards. Uh, so the gender identity that you, you see yourself as, not the one that you are as, uh, assigned at birth. Your brain and your body develop at different times in the womb. And so there's a lot of uh, medical science that has proven this, that's all peer-reviewed, that's by accredited universities like Harvard and um, a bunch of different studies just on that particular subject from different neuroscientists and things like that. Um, all of them, again, are peer-reviewed, so that means other experts in their field are trying to disprove it, and they can't. Um, and so it's a huge thing. There are still people who um, are drag queens, and that's separate from the trans community. That's more of a performance-based uh, thing where um, they're trying to kind of take on a lot of the different um, hyper-feminization um, with makeup and clothes and things like that, and they're putting on a performance for entertainment purposes. Uh, someone who is trans, on the other hand, isn't doing it for the performance. They can be trans without dressing up. They can be trans without changing the name. They can be trans without doing these things because it is literally their biology. It's who they are inside. Yeah, but if let's, but let's say someone who does drag shows and it goes out, maybe not full face of makeup, but you know, so well mm -hmm. up and as the opposite sex, when that's still, mm -hmm. and say they're transgender, when that's still, make them transgender like, it can be transgender and still be a drag queen you don't necessarily yeah yeah so so drag queens more like a, a a job or like a hobby or anything like that um it's it's basically something that a lot of people might do for a living or it's something that they might do for um fun just because it's it's got its own um community around it however drag queens can also realize that they're trans um the two aren't intrinsically linked but so there is a correlation with that because the thought of dressing up as a woman and putting on the makeup and things like that for a trans woman is very appealing. And so you might um, see that culture of, of drag and be like, I want to do that. And then after you do that, you start to understand more and discover more about yourself. And then you start to learn more terminology, like what gender dysphoria is. And you're like, oh, all of these things that I've been feeling since I was a kid, that's the name for it. Got it. And so it's it's it's... Um, a lot of times you can find drag queens that are also trans, but there's also a ton of drag queens that are even straight men. There's a ton of drag queens that are even women. Um, and so they're, they're not, it's, it's basically a, a hobby. It's, it's basically a career. Um, but it's not necessarily tied with being trans. Yes. I know there's a lot of good people out there that, you know, will accidentally say the wrong things and might insult. Mm -hmm. So with that lifestyle, what are some of the questions that they accidentally are said that we should avoid? Yeah. So um, obviously this podcast is a little bit different because we're trying to learn more and things like that. But usually like asking about surgeries, asking about someone's sexuality, um, asking for um, different things that are much more intrusive that you wouldn't ask any other person. Someone who's trans um, is just a person. Um, they have a different experience than a lot of other people, which I understand the curiosity that's there. Um, but for the most part, um, try to respect people's privacy, things like that. Um, yeah. So in other words, make sure that, you know, like you know the person before, you know, asking a question like that. 
just don't be someone off the street and run up to you like, oh, hi, have you had the surgery yet? Or stuff like that, right? Yeah, like, and, like, and, even, and even then, like even if you know the person, um, a lot of trans people aren't comfortable talking about that because uh, that's, that's something that's, that's um, there's a lot of stigma that's still tied to it. A lot of trans people don't have the surgery just to have the surgery. It's because they have so much psychological um, trauma from gender dysphoria. It kind of makes it to where we don't really have a choice in the matter. Um, we actually have like phantom limb syndrome in a lot of instances where um, like trans men will feel like they should have something down there and they don't. And so it's, it's, it's kind of the same story as if a cis man were to um, be in an accident and have uh, that part of his body removed and like still feeling like it's there trans men experience the exact same thing They just didn't have to go through the trauma of whatever accident it was, but their brains are still men's brains trans women's brains are still trans or are, are women's brains um, And then there's also people who kind of fall in between uh, brain anatomy is is kind of a very unique uh, subject where it's not black and white. It's not male or female um, there's a lot of variances and things like that in there, which is why gender is referred to as a spectrum. Um, that's why people might come out as non-binary. Um, it's not a new thing. It's been something that has been around since the very beginning of humanity. Um, it's just whenever you try to put people into boxes of male and female, um, there's obviously going to be a lot of people that don't fit into either box and they're kind of just forced in. Um, using the term non-binary, basically allows for people who don't fit into those boxes to finally have a place. Definitions don't define reality. Reality defines reality. And so we need to have language that matches that. Well, I just want to say I appreciate you, you know, letting me, you know, I guess push the line a little bit, you know, and, yeah. it and you know, because you know I love you and everything. And yeah, just, absolutely. And just that some of my questions might be just uneducated and ignorant. Not just. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's that's kind of the point of this this conversation here is is because a lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't understand the um, the respect that that is is um, due in, in like a lot of different things. They don't know um, what questions they can and can't ask, and so they ask questions out of curiosity without realizing that it's rude. And so that's that's kind of the point of of this podcast, I guess, is to kind of help show us as people. How come you're so cool with the questions, but someone else can like just be like, take offense to it and just be mad and walk away? Yeah. Um, so. so cool with it, man. It's a yeah. So I mean, uh, a lot of it's it's because I understand where you're coming from. Um, I grew up in the South. I grew up in the churches, and I didn't have any understanding on on what it meant to be trans. I was trans inside. I just didn't have the terminology and things like that. And so I know that I personally would have probably asked questions like that because I was so interested in the subject. It was like, I had like this camaraderie with, with these people and I couldn't really tell them that. Uh, and so I've, I've asked questions that were inappropriate like that before. And so whenever somebody asks me, I, I try to meet them halfway. I'm like, okay, I understand you didn't mean anything negative by it. You didn't have any sort of um, bad intentions behind the question. So I will go ahead and answer it, but I'm also going to educate. It's like, hey, I'm gonna answer this question, but this is not something that you wanna go around asking every trans person uh, because not every trans person's comfortable answering these questions. It's an invasion of privacy. It, it dehumanizes people. Uh, it makes it very, very hard for um, them to see you as someone who's supportive whenever you start immediately talking about genitals, or you immediately start talking about surgeries. Um, and so that's that's kind of 
why I'm more supportive of, of these questions is only because it's for education. From your experience, what backlash have you suffered through this? Yeah, um, so I've lost some friends, especially some really, really good friends. Um, I used to be in a church band uh, leading worship and was actually kicked out of my church because of it. Um, I have some family members that I'm not sure will ever talk to me again. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know. And, and that's, that's hard for me too, because like I, I tend to pass pretty well. And so the average person on the street doesn't realize that I'm trans. The average customer at work doesn't realize that I'm trans, but a lot of these people have these ideas that are so ingrained in them that they can't accept me for who I am. And unless I fit into their box of who they want me to be, then I'm not worthy of their love apparently. And so it's, it's, it's been, it's been hard. Um, my experience is not as bad as other trans people, um, because I pass well enough that I can use women's restrooms without people attacking me or anything like that, but that's not the case for everybody. And, and I don't know, it, there's, there's, there's so many different things that I am lucky that I don't have to deal with, but that's not the case for the vast majority, or maybe not the vast majority, um, but a lot of trans people who aren't able to pass as cis. And so it's, it's a little bit dangerous out there. Well, I, I just recently came back from Portland, Maine. And the two things I caught right, my attention in Portland right away was they've gained really creative their beer selections. Mm -hmm. Appreciate. And they have bathrooms now that says like one gender bathrooms. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like smiling. So I was like, mm. you know, that's what they need to do. Just yeah. everything, one gender. Mm -hmm. But still, you have a lot of places, probably like 99% of places will have men's room and women's room. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that people aren't going, getting with the program knowing that if they just said one gender and just, you know, maybe spend a little bit of money, but it's like, it makes yeah. things so much easier. And it absolutely would. But why do you think yeah. people aren't just, you know, just saying one gender, not... You know, you said every men's room, girls' room, men's locker room, girls' locker room. It's yeah, uh, I, I think the the biggest thing is um, there's there's a, a very high percentage of um, men attacking women in restrooms and, and places where there's privacy and things like that, where those two are alone together. It's again, obviously not everybody, but um, it's a, a very very uh, startling number. Almost twenty five percent of women have been assaulted in some way, shape, or form. And so because of that, um, that, that separation of, of guys and girls uh, tends to be a lot more common, especially in like locker rooms, things like that, where people are getting uh, naked and things of that nature. Um, the issue with, with having that segregation, though, um, is one, um, non-binary people don't have a place to be able to use the restroom comfortably. Um, a lot of times they'll make compromises where they'll go into the bathroom that they um, tend to present more likely um, to not be attacked or anything like that. Um, but for like binary trans people like myself or like trans men, um, a lot of situations like that can sometimes be very dangerous. And so um, having a third option for non-binary people or for trans people and things like that um, is, is definitely a good idea. And it's, it's definitely something that would help a lot of people. Um, but until then, um, allowing trans people to use the bathroom that they identify with, so me going into a women's restroom or a trans man being able to go into a men's restroom. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of people 
use that same argument that is used against men being able to go into women's restrooms. So they're like, oh, but what if these trans women attack women? Well, there are zero documented cases of that ever happening. Um, there might be a couple that just kind of slip through cracks. I can't know for sure because everyone uh, is different and, and even trans people can do bad things. But um, the vast, 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 vast majority of trans people have never hurt somebody while inside the restroom. The opposite, though, is very true. About 70% of trans people have been attacked in some way, shape, or form while going into a restroom, be it verbal harassment or physical harassment or even sexual harassment. Um, in a lot of ways, I think 70% is, is um, a pretty likely number more just for um, like verbal harassment, things like that, of like people like um, yelling at them, telling them that they can't use the restroom. I think it's like um, almost 5% of trans people have been sexually assaulted while inside of a restroom. And those percentages, you're like, okay, 4%, that's not that many, until you start to look at the fact that there's 1.4 million trans people in the United States currently. 4% of them is going to be close to 40 to 50,000 cases, whereas 70% is going to be close to 800,000 cases. That's a lot of instances of people being attacked compared to the zero that trans people have attacked um, cis women while inside restrooms. And so it's it's like, are trans people worth 800,000 times less than cis people? It's like, if the law is supposed to be about protecting people and about promoting law and order and things like that, then wouldn't you want the law to do the thing that's gonna protect the most people? Also, I mentioned this to you before that I think, you know, people with like gauges and like holes in their noses, you know, I'm not talking mm -hmm. about like kilo earrings or anything. I'm talking about like, thing that, mm -hmm. I think that's more of a, that's like uglier and it's more like, ugh, compared to someone that they feel like they're a different sex. Because it's not like you're going out with like GoFundMe accounts saying like, hey, I want to be like this, pay for this, pay for that. You just, someone like you just, privacy in your own home, this is who you are, and that's it. Not just, you know, hey, look at me, da, 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 you know, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, even at the same time, though, um, people who do have gauges and people who do have, like, tattoos and things like that, um, it's it's basically how it's to be seen in the world. So it's, it's um, people who have tattoos and have gauges and things like that aren't any different than anybody else. It's just that's kind of the aesthetic that they want to go for. Uh, they want to have that edgier look, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that they're bad people. Um, actually, in the church band that I was in, our uh, drummer, who eventually became one of our song leaders, uh, had gauges, had tattoos, and he was probably the nicest person that I will ever talk to in my life. Um, and he's just very kind, very um, God-fearing, very uh, supportive of, of me, and uh, is just an overall great person. And so... Um, I, I think the kind of the, the thing is, is people need to have the autonomy to be able to decide their own appearance. People need to have the autonomy to be able to decide how they um, show themselves off to the world and have the ability to do that without people um, attacking them or criticizing them or, or um, making them, them feel less than. Because at the end of the day, we don't all fit into the same box. Um, the great thing about nature is that it's always a spectrum. There's always going to be variations, and those variations are what make life special. If, if everything was the same, we would still be um, an amoeba floating around in some cosmic coup. Um, or um, if, if the, the creation theory is real, um, then we would have 
uh, people who are all identical, who would all be stuck in one climate, who would all be stuck in one particular area and not be able to adapt to be able to get out of that particular environment. And so people wouldn't be able to move north. They wouldn't be able to move to the far um, extremes of the desert. They wouldn't be able to do all of these different things because those mutations and those adaptations are what make life able to survive and life able to thrive. And so allowing people to express themselves and be different and allow all these different cultures and these different personalities and things like that to all come together, that's where you're going to have the most progress. That's where life is going to end up being a lot better. That's where you're going to have um, a society that moves forward much faster and is able to be a lot healthier. Trying to keep people inside boxes only hurts people. People believe if someone was like anti-transgender, then they got themselves like more educated and they're like, oh, okay. Do you think it's too late for them to change? No, not at all. Actually, I ended up having a uh, video call with somebody um, a couple weeks ago who was a youth pastor. And the reason that we met is because there was a anti-trans post that was um, on Facebook and I decided that I was gonna try to help educate a little bit and they responded and, and said something that I didn't have um, a, a loving mother and father, which is why I was trans. And I was like, actually, that's not true. I've got very supportive family. And I explained how I was raised and things like that. And that kind of um, destroyed their idea of who trans people were. They just assumed that we were confused because we didn't have a strong father figure or a good mother. Um, and so we started talking and having conversations. And... Uh, eventually, once they started understanding and actually like learning the science and understanding where um, dysphoria comes from and all these different things, they turned their stance around. They're still a youth pastor. They still believe in everything like that. Um, but now they understand that God's creation isn't limited to our understanding. It's like God allows everyone to be themselves. Um, and he created us with these variances in order to be able to make humanity thrive more. And, and again, kind of like what I was saying before, having to push people inside boxes doesn't help anybody. All it does is limit um, progress. I just, I mean, this is old school thinking and just thinking of me outside the box. If everyone's seen the movie Back to the Future, and Back mm -hmm. to the, especially Back to the Future 2 with the hoverboards and everything like that, yeah, like that should tell you anything's possible in this mm -hmm. world. And this in life itself and i'm going back like late 80s early 90s saying that mm -hmm. so just the evolution of you know people and sex changes doesn't surprise me because it's like we were always thinking outside the box it's you know what's wrong with it yeah and and, and like um, the, the reason that we ended up like having like the, the technology to be able to perform operations and things like that, or the ability to have hormones is because they realized there was a need that wasn't being met. Trans people have been around since the beginning of humanity. If you look at, um, even like Mesopotamia, there was a, one of the, the gods that, um, was the God of gender and they had all of their priests were gender nonconforming. And that Mesopotamia was the first civilization that is recorded in history and trans people and non-binary people have always existed. Um, the thing is, though, is that every single time that um, a new civilization comes around, people start getting ideas of who they want people to be, and they start putting, again, people into these same boxes, and if anyone doesn't fit that, then they're stoned, um, or they're hanged, or they're murdered, or thrown in prison, or all of these different things, 
And despite all of that, we still keep coming back. It's like we, we face some of the, the worst treatment of any group in the history of humanity. And yet at the same time, we still keep coming back. We are taught to be straight. We're taught to be the gender that we were assigned at birth. And yet you can't change your programming. You can't change who you are inside. You can't change your biology. And, and all of these different traits always come back. It's like, I, whenever I was growing up, I wanted nothing more than to just be the, the son that my parents wanted me to be. I wanted to be able to marry a girl and, and settle down somewhere and, and raise a family and do the Christian lifestyle that I was taught. And I tried that for, for so, so, so long. Um, and eventually it just, I, I couldn't do it. I was so depressed that I almost killed myself. And it was, it was really, really, really hard for me. I thought that if I prayed to God hard enough that I wouldn't be trans anymore. I thought that if I did everything exactly that the Bible wanted me to do, if I read the Bible every single day, if I prayed every single night, that I wouldn't be trans anymore. And, and that doesn't work because God made me as myself. He made me as a trans woman. And, and the science kind of backs that up. God doesn't make mistakes. And so if, if, if God wants me to be a trans woman, then that's who I'm going to be. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how it's a, a different variation of being human. Um, the reason that, again, like hormones and, and the, the operations and things like that became a thing is because um, there was a scientist back in the day, I don't remember his name, who realized that, oh, wait, there are a lot of women who um, are born in men's bodies. Mm. Let's do something to be able to help ease their pain. Let's do something to help them be themselves. And, and so they started trying to come up with different ways to help us. And this is where we are after... Um, a little under a hundred years. I mean, I recently read an article, or not recently, it was like around the time, mm -hmm. shortly after I talked to you last, about yeah. talented actresses or and actors that people had no idea they were transgender. Mm -hmm. It went, and the earliest date it recorded was 1928. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you went even back even further, but now it's like, it's like, so 1928, and they just named like, Acting like person after person after person after person to this modern day, and I'm reading this. I'm like, so these people are transgender, and people are like loving their acting skills, but they have no idea what it's like. And all of a sudden, it's like if the people knew they were transgender, you know, right away, half the people who were saying they were great would just say, "Oh no, I didn't mean it." Yeah, and that's that's just bigotry. It's like you look at the play, right? It's like you look at the book cover, and you're like, "Oh, great," but now looking like. But you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people have this misconception that, that trans women are just men pretending to be women. Or trans men are just women pretending to be men. Or even tricked into being men. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of um, evidence that shows that that's not the case. Um, like, even whenever I was growing up, I thought that was what it was. I thought that being uh, a trans woman was just a guy who wanted to be a girl so bad that he had surgeries and things like that. And, and that was part of the reason why it took me so long to realize that I was trans is, is because that didn't feel authentic to me. That didn't feel right. It was like, I'm not, I don't want to pretend to be a girl. I just want to be one. Um, and whenever I, I started learning more and learning more about the science and a lot of the research that's been done into trans people and, and learning everything else it's like oh okay so i wouldn't be pretending because biologically my brain is a woman's brain 
It's like the reason that I've been experiencing this gender dysphoria is because dysphoria is not unique to trans people. You know, it's, it's something that, that everyone experiences if they're ever forced to live for an extended period of time as the opposite gender. Um, a lot of experiments have been done where like um, this woman pretended to be a guy just to be able to see if men actually had it easier. And she started experiencing gender dysphoria just because she had to pretend to be someone she wasn't. Um, there has been studies where um, this, this doctor performed this horrible experiment where he forced a sex change on a, a baby um, after a botched circumcision uh, because the baby was born among twins. And so one was raised as a boy, the other was raised as a girl, even though they were born as a guy. Once they hit their teenage years, they realized that they were a guy and decided to transition without ever knowing about that, that surgery that happened earlier. And so it's, 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 it's crazy, um, but it's like the more and more research that's done, it kind of just validates what I've already known to be true. It's like, I don't know, it's like feeling hungry and people requiring you to do like a uh, ultrasound on your stomach to make sure you actually need food. It's like, no, I, I know I'm hungry. I'm, I'm certain of it. And it's like, well, hold on. Let's make sure that you're actually hungry. Oh, yeah, there. Let's get you some food. It's like, your body is very good at telling you things. And it's like, once you understand what it's trying to tell you, then it's like, oh, this is obvious. But yeah. So I mentioned those uh, transgenders that were amazing actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. You're an amazing musician. Please tell us more about it. Yeah, um... Just, just, um, and that was also why I learned how to play guitar, just to be able to have something to accompany the songs that I'd written. Um, and I spent many years just using my songs as therapy. I never wanted other people to necessarily hear them, like I would cheer them off whenever um, I would have one that I was proud of, obviously, but for the most part I would write the songs for me. and eventually got to the point where other people started hearing these and were like, oh wait, that's exactly what my experience was. And and so I've started getting slightly popular lately, especially amongst other people who are, who are trans, because we all have such a similar backstory. Usually our 30 minutes is up a couple minutes ago, but I always love mm. talking to you. We always go over anyways. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I usually close this off with a prayer, but this time around, if I say a prayer, would you play us a song? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a good trade-off, right? Absolutely. So I'll go say the prayer quickly, and then we'll go into no one of your songs. Sounds good. I'm real rusty at this, so please forgive me. No, you're, you're good. Blessed are you, bless all the people, bless are you for the wonderful differences of color and culture, of sexuality of and cult that make up the human race. I give thanks that I have come to know you in Jesus, your child and my savior. May I give witness by example of my life to the splendor of his truth, to the joy of his resurrection, to the spirit of his love. May my witness bring others to Jesus and to you. Amen. Amen. All right, let me grab my guitar real fast. So what song will you be playing us today? Yeah, um, so I'm going to be playing one of the, the 
first ones that that you heard, uh, Journey Home, because uh, I feel like this one kind of encapsulates what it feels like to be trans. Um, and yeah, so I'll go ahead and, and do that. All right, Absolutely. It's like writing with your main hand after years of having it tying behind your back. But the words come so much easier and your stories come alive than the pen is slapped from your hand and you're left fighting the urge to cry. But it's the joy of the sunrise, it's the smell after rain, it's the happiness you finally feel after a lifetime of pain, it's the love of friends that shows you you're not alone in slope of the journey home. And slang glasses for the first time when you've been struggling to see for your whole life you get made fun of and they fog up all the time but still it's far better than being blind it's the joy of the sunrise it's the smell after rain it's the happiness you finally feel after a life time of pain it's the love of friends that shows you you're not alone it's the hope of the journey home Have you ever had to pee, but the bathroom's taken? Have you ever been left beaten in the street? Have you ever hated for no reason when you've never hurt anybody? You've never hurt anybody. You've never hurt anybody. Have you ever cried when you saw yourself inside the mirror? Because you finally look the way you'd always hoped. Or at least you see the possibility of the person you meant to be. And for the first time, you love yourself. For the first time, you love yourself. For the first time, you love yourself Cause it's the joy of the sunrise It's the smell after rain It's the happiness you finally feel after a lifetime of pain It's the love of friends that shows you you're not alone It's the hope of the journey home yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you. If if my audience wants to listen to more of your music, where can they listen to it? 
uh, pretty much anywhere that that streams music. I'm on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Tidal, uh, Bandcamp, all of those different places. So if you want to find me, oh, it's under uh, Skylar Conover. I appreciate your time, Skylar. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. you God take bless it. you. You too. Bye. Bye. Just, just to do.